Thank you for listening to Andrani's Light Foundation's Caring for the Caregivers podcast. This is episode 16, part two of episode 15. In this episode, Andrani, Amy, and Jeremy continue their coaching of the impact of New Year's resolutions and share their personal self-care practices that they will be focused on for the new year. Enjoy the show. So we're going to talk about a new self-care practice that we're planning on trying in 2018. And I'm going to start. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. So 10 years ago, uh, when Ashley and I were first married, we used to do a lot of backpacking. And then we had our son, Finn. And we've waited a bunch of years until he was at a point where he could at least carry a pack and, and do some longer distances with hiking. And so we just last summer started backpacking again. And what I've discovered when we went backpacking is that my much older now knees get really sore on the downhills when, when we're going through the mountains and I had a lot of pain and really fell behind uh, walking with Ashley and Finn when we went. And so one of the new uh, things I'm going to be doing in 2018, because we have a long range goal as a family in the next Uh, before Finn graduates uh, and goes off to university. So the next eight years as a family, we want to hike the John Muir trail, which is a 210 mile section hike uh, along the West coast. And so the next few years, we're really focusing on backpacking more and getting in shape so that we can do that multi-month hike together. And so one of the things I'm going to be doing in 2018 is loading my backpack up with the weight that I take when we do these trips and then just going for walks uh, on the trails around our town with the backpack on so that I can start uh, strengthening my legs and my hamstrings and my calves and all those things that are making my knees hurt so that I'm more prepared this summer uh, and in future years to be able to do these backpacks without my knees hurting. And I'm also going to do some, uh, go to a physiotherapist and, and talk to them as well. But my main goal, my new self-care goal for, for 2018 is to be practicing with the proper weight on my back. Uh, no matter how strange people in my town look at me when I'm walking by with my backpacking on. Mm-hmm. So that is my new practice. Indrani, what are you going to try this year? My practice also harkens back to, my new practice harkens back to about maybe four, maybe six years ago now. When I turned 50, as you guys know, I did a triathlon, but I didn't like the swimming. And so I started doing marathons. And I finished three full marathons and at least three half marathons. But it's been many years. And I was actually giving myself a pass by saying, yeah, I'm too old, I'm this, I'm that. But this year, at least at the end of last year, when I was, I got onto this very healthy way of being and my excess weight started falling off, my knees started hurting less, I started thinking, is there another marathon in me? Can I do a marathon this year at 65? And I decided, yes, I'm going to do the marathon in New York in November. 
And I started training already, meaning I'm out there telling myself not that you're walking, but you're marathon training, which is what I did before. So I'm running. I mean, the first day, I thought, I wonder if I can run. And I ran one and a half miles. And I wasn't huffing and puffing. And I thought, wow, 27 pounds off my body really makes a difference. That was when I thought, okay, it's still going to be hard. But if I keep being healthy and keep giving my body the right nutrition, not only am I going to finish, I'm going to finish healthy and uninjured, which, which has always been my goal. I don't care if I'm last. I can actually mm-hmm. sign up to be last if that will make people happier. But I don't want to be injured, and I don't want to lose any toenails. So that is <laughs> as specific as I can get. And, and the marathon training for me in the past always included Pilates, yoga, and a massage. Every week after a long run, I get a massage, a deep tissue massage. So I've already started that. And I've, I'm telling the ma- massage therapist, I'm in, I'm in training mode. So everybody on my team knows. So we'll see. Nice. Thank you, Andrani. Amy, let's wrap up our discussion with your new self-care practice for 2018. Well, I don't know if I can top the two of you. (laughs) You two, physical people, this is so awesome. I love the hiking and the exercise discipline. It's been so helpful for me. So I congratulate you both on what you're endeavoring into in 2018. I'm so supportive of that. Um, My my new uh, intention this year is to really spend some time working on and doing the best I can on um, holding space and giving room for my personal life in my marriage, in my family, uh, after work is done. And one of the challenges for that for me personally is because I own a business uh, with Luna. And... um, so that being said, owning, if you have a spouse or a partner that uh, you actually own a business with, or maybe you're in the same uh, kind of business where you come home and you talk nothing but business when you get home, that's what our life has been like. And owning a brick and mortar business uh, and my second half of my career is on that and problem solving and putting fires out and celebrating things and making sure all details are done. Uh, both Luna and I are, are responsible for that uh, as well. And so from the time we come home or if I'm here working and uh, then I have to move on to my other work, uh, as soon as we get together uh, in the evening, all we talk about is work from the day and how we can improve things and how it went. And uh, I mean, from the time that we come home to the time we go to bed even. It's just talking about business and frustrations and, again, like good things that happen and how we can reward people. And, wow, it's exhausting. And then all of a sudden, a month goes by and we haven't even really talked about anything else but business. And what I felt like what was happening is I began to resent our business Mm -hmm. because 
we were talking nothing but business. And I wasn't speaking up and saying something about it and saying, hey, can we, and, and what I liked about what you talked about earlier, Jeremy, was the fact that you were making, you made time to, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. Um, you said something earlier that really struck me about what I want to talk about here. And that is just making that structured time to do something and, mm-hmm. and, and sticking with it, making that agreement. And if we need to go out outside of that, that we both agree that, okay, we do need to talk a little bit more and, or can we ask permission, but at least we're doing something that is more structured for more personal time of, in life. So I don't hold resentment. And so for caregivers in particular, because I did work with caregivers a lot when I was a police officer, is that sometimes it's a 24-7 job for them. Either they're on call or they have different shifts or when they go home, they talk to, they need to talk to their family maybe about a stressful time and a stressful day. I mean, where do they shut that off when it, when they go home and need to spend time with their families and really do some self-care and self-care practice around that? So that's what I wanted to share is that I'm going to do a better job at really Mm -hmm. um, spending some personal time with Luna and my family and holding those boundaries of uh, scheduling some time together. Yeah, this is, this is one that Ashley and I uh, do a lot of work on. And I think the big realization I had about this one, Amy, and especially my, my parents owned a coffee shop together is you need to have the conversation to get clear on what personal time looks like for each person in the relationship. So for example, my mom for years thought that sitting and talking about the business with my dad was couples time. And for my oh, dad, it wasn't. Interesting. That didn't oh, interesting. Yeah. And for me and Ashley, one of the things we had a discussion about this past year was how much time we were spending together. And for her, she was counting the wind down time at night before we went to bed reading. So she's reading her book, I'm reading my book, and she was counting that as personal time together, couple time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of said, well, you know, I, you know, we're both kind of reading different books. I would like some more time where we're interacting a bit more. That's not necessarily what I'm looking for when I say I'm looking for couple time together. So that conversation, I think, is important just so that everyone understands what each person in the relationship knows mm-hmm. is their version of couple time. I think you're right. Everyone has to, well, not everyone, right? It's two people. Let's not, let's get real. It's two people. And, and one person has to be brave enough to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Because if the other person says, well, you know, what we're doing is just working fine for me. I don't know what's wrong with you. We have to not pick a fight with that. Because really what we're asking for is intimacy and connection. Mm-hmm. We have to figure out how to come back and bring that up again without having that person feel, you know, you're always, you're always wanting more. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you as much as I can and you always want more. And we, we cannot be triggered by that. Yeah. So, um, and also, some, in my experience as a coach, 
some people, both men and women, want, want their marriage to be everything. The best friend, the confidant, the handyman, the everything. Mm-hmm. Marriage cannot do that. So mm-hmm. we have to figure out what our partner can give and what we need to get somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be, and be okay with that. Thank you for that, Indrani. It's, it's helpful. And, uh, and I think also what I want to put out there for our caregivers, especially our single caregivers uh, that have children at home or, you know, a friend that they live with, what, you know, whatever is going on in their personal lives. Even when they come home, they, if they want to vent about work, if something bad happened or if they just want to continue to talk about something bad that happened at work, or frustrations, uh, and that's all they talk about with their family or their children. Uh, I think there's, it's where do you hold the line for yourself and say, okay, I'm going to come home and vent or talk about my day with whomever it is, if it's my child, and then I'm going to just spend time with them or whatever that looks like. Right. And have that agreement with the child or the friend who they live with and not just be seen or feel like they're just, that's all they're doing when they come home is talking about work because something's yeah. going on. And, and you have a good point there. Uh, you know, as a coach and I'm sure you see this so much and it's so helpful to have an outside person to take some of that uh, strain off the family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and ultimately our goal is more love, deeper love and mm-hmm. deeper connection. Yeah. And and when we make a bid, that's that's the um, that's the language that Gottman uses. When one person in the relationship makes a bid for intimacy, the bid looks different, and the other person doesn't recognize the bid, or could give a shit about the bid. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm not supposed to say that on a podcast. <laughs> or <laughs> just chooses to ignore the bid. That other, the person who made the bid can become angry. And, and it's anger because it's sadness. Mm-hmm. I'm asking for something from you that costs no money, but costs time, and you won't give it to me, and I am not brave enough to put it into words. Right. And yeah. It- I'll have to see if I can find the article I read, but when you were talking about, you know, a marriage can't provide everything in Drani, I read an article this past year that at least for husband wife marriages, some of the research is showing that as women get older, they become more expansive in what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So they're reaching out to more people. They're making changes in themselves more. They're trying newer things but as men get older, they actually go inward and they actually want mm-hmm. more time with their spouse. And so it's this interesting opposite of, you know, wives are wanting to expand more and husbands are wanting to now come back more into their marriage. Uh, and again, it's not true for everyone, but the article had, had done some, some research on it. I'll see if I can find it. And I, I know that that's what I really see with my parents for sure. And it can cause a lot wow. of conflicts mm-hmm. with, with what both people are expecting from a marriage that's lasted for years and now it's changing. So Yeah, yeah and, and it's, uh, 
because the person who wants the more feels rejected. And the person who wants the space feels imprisoned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. and people really have to be brave enough to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a good point, Jeremy. And uh, I would not have th- thought about it because Luna is nine years older than me. So I'm thinking, oh, is she going to want to go within herself and spend more time with me? But as both of you know, Luna is a complete visionary that's going a thousand miles an hour every day. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't keep up with her. I'm the young one, but I think I'm going to be the one that's with, you know, going inward and wanting to spend more family time, you know, and she's going to be continuing to be a visionary probably until she's a hundred years old, I hope. And, uh, but yeah, it's really, these are great thoughts and, um, really good things to share with our caregivers about what's possible for them. Yeah. Why we're here doing this podcast and supporting them in this way and telling them what we're people too. We deal with this every day, just like they do. All right. Well, I think uh, this has been a great conversation. I think some of the big takeaways, not specific to even self care that I'm hearing here are things that we talk about a lot. Uh, Expectations are a dangerous thing if we don't share them with the people that need to know them. And this is true about self-care for sure. Uh, You know, your family, when you're coming home from work, needs to know what your boundaries are, what your expectations are. They can't be guessing at what those things are. We need to remember that self-care looks however we want it to look. There is no right Mm -hmm. or wrong way to take care of ourselves. And then the the kind of theme of this podcast is as you're moving into 2018, reflect on something that worked really well for you. Think about something that you would like to improve upon. And then think about something new that you could do to take better care of yourself. So you're easing uh, those feelings of stress and burnout that are happening either at work or once you get home with your family. And we we really want to support you this year in taking better care of yourself and focusing on that self-care. And I think that's a wrap. Thanks, Amy and and Ryan. Thank you for listening to the Caring for the Caregivers podcast. You can visit indranislight.org forward slash support and anonymously share your own questions or challenging situations to be answered on the show. You can also sign up for our free caregiver package resources at indranislight.org forward slash care package. If you have any questions, you can email our team at info at indranislight.org. We hope this podcast has been a source of support and comfort to the amazing work you do in the world. And remember, we see you.